When I was 12 years old, I became a Jack Nicholson superfan. This happened almost overnight on an evening in February 1997 when I first saw The Shining. Here's Johnny! In those 20 plus years, I never stopped being a Jack superfan. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Get ready for You Don't Know Jack, hosted by me. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. What is going on? Welcome to Throwing Jabs Podcast. I'm Big Jace, your host as always. Join with my man Joe Aguirre and Jared Jones, and we have a lot to talk about. We got a lot of fights from last week to recap. We got some fight announcements to talk about, as well as we're going to talk about the MMA Mount Rushmore for heavyweights, as well as recap UFC 255 tonight. So let's dive in, starting off with the UFC from last weekend as Rafael Dos Anjos defeats a Paul Felder coming off five days notice in his return in Dos Anjos's return bout to the UFC uh, to the lightweight division via split decision. Jared, what did you think of this fight? Um, good, good fight, close fight. All respect to both of these guys. I think Dos Anjos. Well, I think a split decision is a little. I don't know who the judge that had a 3-2 Felder was. Either of you guys score for Felder? No. No. No, yeah. No, so not that, even close. No, no. That that seemed like an outlier to me, to say the least. I don't get how you can – two judges can give every round to Dos Anjos, and then another judge sees three rounds completely different and gives it to Felder. That just doesn't make sense. No, you know, no, might have been no, might have no. been the same judge in the uh, in the uh, Taylor Gutierrez fight who somehow saw something materializing <laughs> around that no one else saw, and that's mm. and that's why that's why the sport is so subjective, <laughs> you know, because yep. because um, your 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 question was where does Dos Anjos fit in? Yeah, uh, and I think that's a good one. Uh, he's currently ranked sixth amongst the big boys. He's already lost to Ferguson and Khabib. Um, obviously this thing with Felder, the, the split decision on five days notice, it's, you know, it's not, not really what you're looking for now to be fair, look. to be fair, Dos Anjos has, has wins over a uh, Donald Cerrone twice. He's got Nate Diaz. He's got Anthony Pettis. He's got Benson Henderson, but all that happened when Obama was still in office. <laughs> Ah. He spent, thank you, thank you. He spent the last five years uh, at welterweight, and he beat Robbie Lawler, but he also lost to Colby Covington. He lost to uh, Kamaral Usman. Then he dropped back down to show us how good he is at, at, at lightweight. Uh, I mean, Felder came out of the broadcast booth, as you mentioned, five days out, had to drop 20 pounds. Uh, Dos Anjos might as well have fought Joe Rogan, who may have given him a better fight. So here's where here's where he sticks. Here's where he fits. He could keep on beating guys like Felder and Rob Emerson and Anthony 
Enjo uh, uh, Kuwani, George Soterpoulos. Uh, those are all filling guys, literally less minute filling guys that he's beaten before. That's a whole list of literally replacement fighters. Those are the guys he does well against. So well, if he wants to stick up. around and, and get beat up by Gaethje or Poirier, great. You could be like that kind of fodder for the division. And I think that's what he's got to get. He's 36 years old. I think that's, that's exactly the fight he's got to get. If you're him, that's what you want. And I mean, to be fair, you're reading loss to this guy. Uh, you're 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 saying uh, beat this guy, lost. But those names, man, fought Namagomedov, Dunham, Sarone twice, Henderson, Diaz. You went through some of these. Um, this is a who's who of the best guys at the top of that division. So, have ha having the win over Felder, all those other things considered, Joe, I agree with you. This guy's gonna get beat if he moves up to a to a Gagey or a Poirier. But those are the those are the fights I want to see if I'm if I'm in the Dos Santos camp all day. Yeah, definitely. And also, big shout out to Paul Felder. Five days notice comes in, takes a fight, and then a, all two days guy. later goes and does commentary for Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender series. This man is wild. And uh, just shout out to him. But also, like, the big thing with Dos Anjos at lightweight was he was a power puncher. And I, I I want to know if you guys saw a little bit of that in this fight. Because I know Felder, he's got a tough chin. He doesn't really go down. He doesn't really get knocked out. So, like, maybe if Dos Anjos can rekindle that power and find it, he might find it his way working to the top of the division, but still, like, I think right now, as he stands, he's a gatekeeper. If you can beat Dos Anjos, you deserve to take on a Gaethje, a Poirier, someone like that. If he can't, then you're at the 10 to 15 mark in the rankings. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. I I think the uh, the guys that have beat him the last, let's see, two, four, six, seven, is uh, Namagomenov, Alvarez, Ferguson, Covington, Usman, Edwards, and Chies. So aside from those last two, which are the two most recent ones, right before he fought Felder, I mean, it's falling off here. You kind of need that uh, that gagey fight now. You need that. And, hey, this guy's dangerous. 36 years old, but he's fought at the top of the game for a really long time, and he's dangerous to anybody in the division. I think, yeah, uh, look, I think those he, are winnable fights for him. I wouldn't favor him, but they're no. winnable. He's Look, he's good enough to fight the big boys, and I'm not sure if he's good enough to beat him anymore, especially the top guys now. You know, again, as I hit that list of guys he's beaten, it was, that was a long time ago. It was eight years ago. Um, you know, it was another lifetime for him. So to, to have a fight like this doesn't really inspire me to be like, well, let's let's get the next young guy up here. And um, he's got to do better than this going forward. I'll say that. But, you know, a win's a win. So I, I guess you could feel good about yourself. All right. Yeah, I agree with that. But now let's move on to some boxing as the number one pound for pound, the <laughs> WBO welterweight champ. Terrence Bud Crawford knocks out Kell Brook in the fourth round, remains undefeated, retains his championship. Jared, what would you think? This kid is a uh, stylistic nightmare Yeah, for everybody in boxing. 
Um, when you watch him fight, you can see why he was the boogeyman for so long. This was a jab. I don't care if he cocked it, he turned it over, he 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 his shoulder looked like a crowd, whatever. It was the uh, a a over the top punch with his front hand from his front foot. He knocked Kelbrook out with a jab. Man, this guy's on another level. And Crawford Spence, I don't think Spence is there. Honestly, I know a lot of people like Spence. He's undefeated. Uh, split decision in his last fight. He's, he's got he's got a win over Brook, but uh, that was a jab. That was a jab. <laughs> he knocked out, dude. He knocked out one of the best fighters in this division. One of the guys. I mean, and this it wasn't the odds weren't off the chart one way or the other. I mean, he was obviously favored. But what were the what was the prop bet on? Fourth round knockout with a jab. Those are Katie Taylor numbers. That was a jab. Woo, this Crawford kid can fight. I'm not sure Spence is ready. And uh, I'd love to see what Crawford does next. You know, and uh, and Spence, speaking of which, has Danny Garcia on December 5th. Do not overlook my boy Danny Swift Garcia. This He's, he's, he's quick. And a, another guy who's fought a lot of the guys at the top of the division. And uh, and Spence hasn't looked terribly impressive in his last fight. So, yeah, don't overlook that fight. And Crawford, Crawford will beat either one of them. This guy's a, this guy's another animal. Sure, he did what Spence and Triple G couldn't do. Um, you know, it's funny too. Brooke was talking a lot of smack going into this fight, talking about maybe he was gonna knock Bud Crawford out. And I watched Bud on ESPN talking to Max Kellerman, and he let it fly. Man, he was pissed. Uh, he dropped an F-bomb. <laughs> Kellerman had to remind him that they were uh, not on cable television, that, that it was uh, some network TV. But to see Bud as angry and fired up as he was told me all I needed to know about this fight. Uh, it seemed to me that every punch Terrence Crawford threw in this fight, he wanted to make it hurt, and he did for most of the night. Um, I had this one going uh, knockout by the sixth. Certainly didn't think it was going to be the jab, Jared. So, uh, you know. I'd have lost that bet too, though, Joe, to be fair. <laughs> absolutely. Um, a, a dominating fight. And and the funny thing is, is I don't think he's even mad at Kel Brook. He's mad at the sport of boxing. That's where Bud's rage is coming from right now. So don't let it be misplaced. Um, as for Spence. Uh, saying yesterday that he felt a 60-40 split in his favor is the way this should this fight should go. Uh, and Bud was like, I don't need to fight you. Uh, I'm, I'm me, and you're you. And I'll tell you what, last October, when I heard the welterweight champion of the world flipped his Ferrari in a horrific car crash and he might not live, yeah. and I, I hate to admit this, I was really relieved when I heard it wasn't Terrence Crawford. Is that wrong? Is that bad? I didn't think Spence could afford a Ferrari. I'll be quite honest. But I know this is mean. Uh, but here's you know, Terrence, celebrities, though. Justify that. You Terrence Crawford. I listen. He, when he I say my boy gets. Danny Garcia, it's because I know him. Look, I, I mean, if you don't, those are celebrities, though. Justify that. Bud is a Hummer, and Spence is a Ferrari. 
And if they were to drive straight at each other in a collision course, who would win? Not to mention, I think Crawford always wears his seatbelt. I'm just saying. <laughs> this, is, this has taken a dark twist. Here, Crawford's my guy. And I'll tell you what, I've got more for Bob Aram if you'd like me to continue. Um, mine, has, mine has always been hot, dumb girls. Lamborghinis, <laughs> you know, they're fun to test drive, but you wouldn't want to own one. Jeez. But, but, but that's a cross. I mean, that's still a horrible thing to to have happen. Just to touch on the oh, it is, and I, I I'm yeah. I'm being mean, but I and I don't really mean that. But he's he's being stupid right now. Just get the fight yeah. done. Do the fight everybody wants oh, yeah. to see. Stop being a baby. You're not getting sixty forty. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Like it isn't. Crawford can't duck Spence. Spence is ducking Crawford. Crawford's up here. Spence is down here. You got to come up here. Somebody needs to so, tell him that because it, 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 I don't think it's quite gotten into his head just yet. And that's concerning, yeah. not to mention he's got a fight that he needs to win. Pretty big yeah. one, as you mentioned. So win that one before you start talking junk, dude. You might, you might, might, Your purse split might be zero. If you don't win your next fight, so well, and and Swift, I mean, hey, to be fair, this guy, a la Malinaji, a la uh, Winky, uh, fast guys, Pernell, you know, this guy's fast and has a good chin, so he's really hard to hit clean, and even when you do, he won't go away. So you're you're talking about not overlooking that fight. Tell me who looked good against Danny Garcia. Go ahead, I'll wait. Mm -hmm. Who looked really good against Danny Garcia? The, the fighter doesn't exist. That's not how it happened. This is a good, solid dude that you're going to have to, you better pack a lunch, man. And don't, you know, and calling out Crawford and trying to get that fight before you, before you beat Garcia, you know, that's, that's two weeks away. You better stay off Twitter for a couple weeks, maybe do some training. Yeah. Now, the other thing, Bob Arum. Is now talking junk about Bud, which is insane. He said he's lost enough money in his last three fights. He could have bought a home in Malibu. I'll assume he means another one. But let me get this straight. Crawford's promoter said Terrence needs to get out there and promote himself more. I'm going to say that again. Bud Crawford's promoter told Bud that he needs to promote himself more. You imagine if your trainer, Jared, was like, you need to train yourself. I can't just be the guy that trains you all the time. I don't know what's going on. Bob defenders like that. Yeah, look, if Bob Aaron wants to go in and, 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 and if Bob Aaron wants to fight around in place of Bud, yeah, then I guess that's – otherwise, what is it you'll be doing while I'm promoting and training to whoop some butt? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. That's on you, pal. Yeah, and also – this is this is ESPN. How, think of I watch a lot of ESPN. How many previews? How many trailers for this fight did you see? I, I didn't see that many. And how many are highlighting that Bud Crawford is the pound for pound number one fighter? Not that many. So he's not doing his job. And uh, J Jared, you sent us a thing in our group chat about Terrence Crawford wanting to get leave get dropped from the promotion and that makes sense he's not doing his job to to put the blame on the best like he terrence crawford doesn't need to talk smack terrence crawford doesn't need to do anything he backs it up in the ring mm. 
and even he's one of the only guys that shouldn't need to do that. Yeah, and even before, even the 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 big gripe on Terrence Crawford before was that he was a slow starter. He was meticulous. He figured things out. Then you go to the Amir Khan fight where he gets a knockdown in the first round, and then you got this fourth round knockout. What more do you want from this guy? I don't care what you want him to do outside the ring. He's proven it in the ring. Hey, but devil's advocate, I mean, I just had a flurry about this. I, we, I was just talking about this two, three weeks ago. Uh, um, like, is that is that I, I frown on it too? I'm with you guys. It's very upsetting. Yada da yada da. But he's being honest with the guy. And no, to, yeah. in, in yesterday's gym. You walked into an old rusty underground basement with the heavy bags and the old trainer with the crusty voice and the cigarettes because you could still smoke inside and you were a bum. <laughs> and that's what you got in today's in today's world. Um you need to, you know, hey, you're really you're the best, you're the best in here with that jump rope kid. But how many followers do you have on Twitter? Because you're gonna need to have both of those built up to a certain level if you're ever going to make it anywhere in this game. So, I mean, in in today's world, in today's boxing world, you want to be honest with the people who are coming up, and it's something Terrence Crawford could be better at. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I don't like yeah. it any more than you guys do. But to be fair, that's got to come from somebody other than your promoter. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I, I might have tapped somebody else and said, hey, tell him he could do a better job promoting himself, but not the promoter, because then what the hell am I paying you for? And the implication from Spence is, in essence, I don't need Bud Crawford because Bud doesn't draw crowds. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's, that's seemingly what his argument is. Yeah, and you're bugging. What yeah, I mean, and again, it's sort of, but sort of based on the, the foolish statements of Bob Arum. Well, yeah. it's like what Joshua said about respecting the WBA belt. Like, what happened to wanting to be the best fighter? Who draws crowds and which belt they have? It shouldn't be the uh, the driving force behind who you want to fight next. Spence, do you want people to think you're the best fighter in the world? Then you're going to have to beat Bud Crawford. But, Barring but, him getting also, into some kind of life-threatening accident, you're going to have to beat him in the ring. What is Bob Arum doing in the way of helping to promote his fighter by basically saying, and the other fighter then turning around and saying, well, even your promoter says you don't draw crowds, that you're a big loss, you're a big loser for money in all of these fights. How, how, is, how is Bob Arum making the job he already sucks at any easier for himself by, by, by taking that route? I'm just curious. Well, and you, is this, is this, it's like self-defamation almost. Right? Yes. I mean, you're you're threatening your livelihood finances, like your job, with your comments. When you do that to somebody else, they can bring you to court for it. <laughs> you're doing that to yourself, dude. Yeah, that's insane. Like, Tarrant, like, he's obviously not helping Bob Aaron promote because he's not, like, a big social media presence. But you got to work around that. You got to be able to – like, there is a story. Like, make – like, in my – I envision Bud Crawford, like, make him an American hero. He's from Nebraska, born, raised. He's doing all this stuff. He he has he, – he, there's a lot of story to, to build off of and create. 
And I don't know what Bob Arum's doing. He's just sitting there letting the fight speak for itself, which it should. But you got to do a little bit more if you, you're so focused on money and selling the fight. Well, and that's it. It's hard to think that promotionally we could do better with Clovercrest Media Group, the three of us, and, and a burner account or two. That we could do probably a better job promote because he's a great fighter. Yeah. He's, I mean, the highlights are there. Look, you've got like Superman from Nebraska, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, a young African-American guy, like a uh, family man, uh, exemplary kind of guy. This is, I mean, my God, G.I. Joe should make him an action figure. Like, this would be, you know what I mean? Why is this guy not throwing out the first pitch somewhere? Why is this guy not on SmackDown uh, with The Rock, you know, doing a bit? Th- that That's where these guys are failing. I mean, it's a shame. This this is one of the, the best boxers in the last decade out of this sport. You've done nothing to promote him. And and for the promoter to literally be the guy complaining about it just makes it a bigger joke. If you can't sell this guy to America, you can't you you suck. It's amazing. No, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. How bad are you at your job if you're having trouble promoting you're a boxing promoter? Yeah, get me an all American all American family guy from the Midwest, undefeated. Pound for pound, best in the world. I, I I don't know. I don't know how to not, promote this guy. I can't figure it out. Media and good at promoting himself. Bad at being on social media and promoting himself is good for today's fighter. Broner yeah. talked himself right out of the game. That's good news. You from from everybody else's viewpoint except for yours. That's good news. We don't want him out there promoting himself, getting into Twitter beefs and stuff. We don't need that. No. Just have him go out there and win fights. The rest of us can talk for him. There's still, there's still so much internet Floyd Mayweather chatter. Floyd doesn't have to go on. He does, but he doesn't have to. You know how many people go online and do that for him? You don't have to do that. We don't need that from you. Terrence Crawford, I don't care what he says. You keep doing what you're doing, my man. You get in the ring, you win fights. Keep doing what you're doing. Yes, sir. Get him All right. Going from the number one pound for pound to the number one pound for pound women's fighter, as also this weekend, we had Katie Taylor just outclassed, dominant, unanimous decision victory over Miriam Gutierrez. What did you think of your girls' fight there, Jared? Nah, you guys go first. You guys go first. Joe, yeah, Joe, okay. Joe, you watched the fight? I did, and I got to tell you, what can I say about Gutierrez? She went to distance. That's what I can say. Um, Katie took every round. I will say, look, kudos to Gutierrez because, boy, you got to have – you gotta have guts to stand in there. There's no her if her if if the ref had stopped that fight anywhere or her her corner had thrown in the towel, you'd have been like, oh yeah. Any great round job, after the girl. fourth, I'd have been like, that was a great effort. Um, <laughs> only only got dropped once in the fight, which I thought was pretty amazing. But I'll tell you what: to watch Katie Taylor fight somebody who's maybe a little bit closer to her class was really enjoyable man because the hand speed the co- i mean it was it was such a work of art uh i i really enjoyed it a knockout might have been fun but i thought this was even better so great win for katie taylor and miriam gutierrez 
Thanks for coming. That was amazing. Yeah. Really great. You said a little bit closer. Like, still a little bit closer is universes away. Like, Katie Taylor is just so much better than it's, it, it is like, like you said, it's a work of art and you have to appreciate it. But p- part of me while I'm watching that just goes like, I just want to see her get challenged. I want to see her face some adversity. But I mean, she had she did everything right that she needed to, and she got the win. Yeah, yeah look, I think Jared, Jared, typically speaking, I think when you're the best in the world, you're really mostly fighting yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's right, it, it's Fair if point. I'm unfocused, if I make a, a critical mistake, otherwise, th- this is what you expect. This this is to me is Again, we all love a knockout, but you beat somebody senseless for the entire fight, round round by round. That's great. That's what you came there for, and uh, I really appreciate what Katie Taylor did as there a fan was, a lot. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. And as I mean, you don't you don't have to be a fan of the art of boxing to appreciate what she does, and uh, that'll bring you in. And then the the I mean, you'll end up on the art when she's done. If you want to see an inspirational story, uh, Miriam Gutierrez, look her up. Um, Not the first time she survived adversity. Gutsy effort, but outclassed and hit with perfect shots on a regular basis. There was a moment, um, I think it was about a minute 10 into the fifth round when Gutierrez landed a punch. It wasn't a great punch. But it was a punch. <laughs> and the announcer went, Oh, oh, there was there was one. She got one. Did you see it? He's like, <laughs> and like he he was so he just had so much happiness about the fact that that one punch landed. Unreal. Yeah. This is someone that needs to be mainstream. People need to see this more because it 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 is boxing. Like, she isn't going out there just knocking people out like Mike Tyson or Amanda Nunes. She's going out there just outclassing people. You enjoy the art. You see it like like what I've been saying about Lomachenko. Like, people need to see this and understand what boxing truly is and understand the art of it. Because if, if not, like, casual fans are just knockout hungry when they see fights. And well, this and you're is missing if you different. appreciate if you appreciate and respect the art of boxing and don't know Katie Taylor, you're missing one of the best of your generation. Like this is one of the best fighters on the planet for this generation. Yeah. Hands you down. know, it's, it, it's it's funny that you say that because again, I think this is again where a, a promoter is completely failing a fighter because look you've got you've got the greatest female fighter of all time in the era of the me too movement of the female empowerment this would be the perfect opportunity i mean maybe 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 the feminists don't know who katie taylor is i like to think they could hold somebody like this up and be like when we say you could be anything girl we mean the best fighter in the world well, an attractor, I don't want to turn it into that thing, but it's not, I mean, some people are hard to, 
harder to promote based on their aesthetic. I think you know what I'm trying to say here, but Katie Taylor's an attractive female. That's that's obviously yeah. not something that's that's holds her back. Um, I always felt like that with Holly Holm. She just kept winning everything, and you said Holly Holm to the average person until she knocked out Ronda Rousey. Nobody knew who she was, and we've got it. We've got a bit of that here with Katie Taylor, where. People are fight fans and are missing the opportunity to see one of the greatest they're ever going to get to see. There's sometimes you're watching, and I got this during that fight, you're watching somebody and you're like, when Shane Mosley beat Oscar De La Hoya and he was on steroids. <laughs> I remember when Evander Holyfield beat Mike Tyson and he was on steroids. Um, But I remember during the fight, before we knew those guys were drugged, thinking... This is one of the best I'm ever going to get to see. Live, right now, he's fighting in the ring with another guy who's the best out there or up, uh, you know, the top shelf type guys. And I am watching one of the greatest. Loma just gave it to me uh, a year ago. Uh, this is one of, this is one of the best of his footwork. He watched him move and went, this is one of the best I'm ever going to get to see. And Katie Taylor's got that. I saw that more in her fight than Bud Crawford's. Both very impressive fighters, but when I think of the art and the skill of boxing and something you want to show somebody on how you're supposed to do it, Katie Taylor is just on another planet, man. That's, yeah. that's next-level stuff she's doing. You're right. And it, I'm going to highlight this comment right here. Eddie Hearns is not doing the best with Katie Taylor. Katie Taylor should be a lot bigger than she is. Great. They're headlining cards with her. But Eddie Hearns has his nose so far up Anthony Joshua's ass. He doesn't respect Katie Taylor. And you need to. She's that good. She doesn't have a Ruiz. No, she doesn't. Because no one's even that close. Maybe she and Bud can start their uh, own promotion. Oh, that'd be a best, best guy. There you go. <laughs> best fighter promotions presents Bud Crawford and Katie Taylor. And for the rest of you, boop, all set. <laughs> Party of two. Um, please give me those two fighters. I, I'll make a career out of this. I'd become the <laughs> richest man on the planet Bud in Crawford, no time. You're listening. Clover Crest Media Group wants you. I'm telling you, man. I, I mean, that's insane, dude. You're telling me Wild. that you can't what? You can't get a camera crew to follow the guy for the day? Get on his social media oh, and just post God. some stuff off of it? Give me a break. Katie yeah. Taylor, you guys watched Katie Taylor just working out in the gym? I have. I think it's great. I know you have, Jared. Um, put that stuff out there. You know, push that stuff. I should see that stuff everywhere. I don't. I have to look for it. And I hate that I have to look yeah. for it. You have to build a narrative because they're that good. Like you, people should be watching. But uh, all right, that's gonna do it for recaps of last week's fights. Let's talk a little bit about some fight announcements. Starting off, Canelo back in the ring after his contract dispute. Seems as if it's only the contract dispute was only with Golden Boy Promotions. He's back on the zone, taking on Colin Smith. Jared, what do you think of this matchup? 
I think we lost Jared for a second there, so I'll tell you what I think of this fight. Look, uh, Kellum Smith has a 7-inch height advantage and an 8-inch reach advantage, which is certainly going to help with these posters. Um, I don't know if it's going to do much more. He's a, a decent British fighter uh, like Kell Brook, but this isn't, this isn't British boxing that we're concerned about. This guy's good enough to get to the dance. No one's taking him home. No one's taking him in this fight, that's for sure. And my question, of course, is why fight at super middleweight uh, when you spent the last decade trying to unify the middleweight division? That, that's where I'm confused. And and there's still fights out there for him. Uh, Triple G, the Charlo yeah. brothers, uh, Derevyachenko's out there, Demetrius Andre. I mean, there, there's, there's lots of fights. He wants to do this for the easy pickings. Knock yourself out. Enjoy that. But to me... This is uh, Mayweather mode in, in full effect. This doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, Kabalev over uh, Biederbev. We see what's going on, Canelo. Maybe Rocky Fielding wants a rematch. I, I don't know what you're thinking, but it, nobody wants to see these fights, and no one's going to no. be impressed when you win them. So I, I will say it is a little bit better than Rocky Fielding. It's a little bit better than couple of the other guys, and I, I'd like to see it. I wish it was someone like an Andrade, someone else, but it, it just hasn't been, and I don't know. I'm excited to see it, that he got over the hurdle of the legality stuff, and now he's back to fighting. That, that I think, is most important. You want to see the guy in the ring because he's a good fighter, but uh, come on. You know, there there's fights out there to be had. There are fights to be had. You know, it's 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 one thing if you if you cleaned out the division, you you, you want to come on. This is this is not what's happening here, so I don't like it. Yeah. All right, another fight on the zone. It was originally scheduled in December, now got moved to January due to Luke Campbell testing positive for COVID. Ryan Garcia versus Luke Campbell. Winner's probably going to take on Devin Haney. Um, what do you think of this matchup, Joe? Look, the gold medalist. Um, my initial thought was, oh, yeah, this this seems like it should be a pretty light fight for Garcia. But I'll tell you what, I think Campbell, um, you know, assuming that this COVID thing doesn't uh, cause him issues going forward, uh, he's got he's got quite a boxer on his hands here. This is going to be a yeah. really good matchup. The, the kind of fight I want to see. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for this one for sure. And again, uh, I, I hope, you know, unfortunately the way COVID's obviously on the rise again, people getting hit left and right. Yeah. Um, seemingly most of them are, are able to, uh, come back, uh, within a couple months. So let, let's hope that's the case here. Cause this would be a, a, a really great matchup. Yeah. I I'm intrigued. First real test for the young Ryan Garcia. And, uh, I like, He's just been manhandling people, knocking people out left and right, and now he's got a natural boxer, someone with actual skills. Uh, so I'm I'm very intrigued to see how he matches up and see if he can take on this first real test and see where he actually falls in the, the lightweight division. But uh, And then moving on to UFC, former featherweight champ Max Holloway takes on Calvin Cater, featherweight, Main event of a UFC fight night in January. Thoughts? Look, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I've talked about him before. I love Max Holloway. Yeah. I really do. The guy's a banger. This is going to be his fifth fight since April of 2019, but he's lost three out of four of them. 
Um, and and basically, uh, uh, the the one win was the where he beat the bejesus out of Brian Ortega. Um, you know, I I I I like Cater. I think he's a good fighter. He's won a couple in a row, but that seems to be his thing. He wins a couple in a row, then he loses. Wins two in a row, and he loses. And he's coming in on the two wins. So. If you're looking at his record, it almost looks like he might be due for a loss. The other thing I find interesting in this fight is he's got a a, a nice long reach and he's taller. He's actually uh, basically the longest um, by volume uh, fighter that that Holloway will have seen in his career. Um, I, I watched the Poirier fight and then I went back and watched the McGregor fight. Uh, two things sort of stood out to me and I've been hearing a lot about this. You know, Max likes to sit in the pocket and I mean, he's going till the fight's over, and either he wins or you win. Uh, when he disengages, Poirier and McGregor were able to constantly drop that uh, 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 throw uh, at least one last jab as they disengage. It happened all night long, and and to me, I think that's that's got to be what Cater's going in there looking to do if he wants to come out of there with a W. So. That's that's how I see it. I'm excited about it though. Anytime you get Max Holloway in a ring, dude, I I'm there because like I to me no one no one's going toe to toe, uh, like like this guy does. I don't know. I you know and my other thought is I you know I'm just not sure if um if Cater's got the the power to knock out a Max Holloway. By the way, he's never been knocked out in his no. career, so. He gets he gets hot late. He wins rounds three, four, five, and probably takes a decision. Uh, that's that's how I see it going. But I'm excited for it. Great fight. This is a litmus test for Cater to see if he is worthy of being at the top of the featherweight division. So that's the really only thing I'm intrigued that I expect Max Holloway to dominate this fight. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe Cater can do. Maybe Cater's going to do a lot better than what I think. Well, what are your yeah, thoughts on no, the fight, Jerry? No, I'm with you, Jace. I'm totally with you. Yeah, Max. I'll take Holloway all day. I don't. I'm going away. I don't think this is close. Uh, last time this guy stepped up, he got beat. I think he'll get beat again. Um, I think he falls right about where he falls. I think he'll he can beat most of the guys outside of the top ten, and he'll lose to most of the guys inside the top ten. So I take Holloway going away. All right. Then to round out fight announcements, finalized 100% Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, January 23rd. That is now International Fight Week due to uh, it being postponed due to COVID. So we, we talked a lot about this fight. It's finally happening. What do you expect from it, Jared? I wish I was more excited about this fight. You know, I, I know it's supposed to be promotional, and I really wish I was more excited about this fight. I'm not a huge fan of either one of these guys. Um, I wish they could both lose, kind of. <clears throat> um, but I'll take Connor because I feel like the next fight will be more exciting. Okay. For him. Yeah. So I mean that makes sense. I wish I had a horse in the race, but I'll take Connor because I, I like big fights. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I've said all I need to say about this fight yeah. before it even got signed. Um, I feel like, you know, and I, and I think that's the unfortunate thing about this fight is now, I mean, I'm almost like, oh, wait, it didn't even happen yet. 
you know what? I feel like we've been talking about this fight for so long. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't, I don't know if there was ever a moment where I was overly hyped to see it again. Uh, so I don't know, drawn late, drawn this out as long as they have now that it's signed. It's like, okay, just let me know when, when the fight is and we'll talk about it afterwards. Uh, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the sugar Ray effect, my man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but that's going to do it for fight announcements. Now, Let's get into the who you got this week. Who you got on MMAs, not just UFCs, MMAs, heavyweight, Mount Rushmore. Jared, hit me with it. Um, you guys aren't going to like me for this, and I, uh, I'm hoping to get a better fourth. I have to be honest. I want to hear your guys' list, and I'm hoping to upgrade my fourth. I struggled on the fourth one as well. I spent a lot of time on this, uh, you know, I, I because, you know, for I, I'm sure the same reasons that you came across. There's a lot of guys that are equally matched. There's some pretty obvious ones for obvious reasons. And then to fill that fourth spot, I had like four or five guys I seriously considered. I, I left one off because I figured Jace was going to include him. And I felt like that would be... My way of making sure that guy also got his his uh, just desserts today. Seriously, this is a this was a really tough list, especially. Well, it was it was less tough because it was just MMA. Mm. Yeah. If you would have said UCF, uh, UFC uh, rather, it, it might have been a little more complicated. Well, I think we all better have Fedor. Yes. Yes. I think we Amanda do. Has to go. Yes. Yeah, Fedor's my one. Yes. That one's easy. Um, you go. You, I I bet I'm alone when I say Muhammad Ali. Boxing's a mixed martial art, and I think the most effective of them. So if we're looking for a mixed martial art fighter, and I get to have any horse in the race as a heavyweight, I want Ali. Um, there. I don't were, have Ali. No. Okay, here's another one. There weren't always weight classes. This guy beat chemo. He beat a lot of... You know what I'm going to say already, don't you, Jace? Yes, sir. I want Hoist Gracie on this list because those are the guys he fought his whole life. His next smallest brother of, was it 8, 9, 10, 11 of them? was 218 pounds. They were all heavyweights. Everybody <laughs> coming up was in that weight class, and they didn't have any weight classes, so there it was. And um, I don't even want to say four. Like, I really want to hear yours. I've got, I've got, you know, there's, of course, Stipe and Miocic, DC maybe. No, um, Joe see. Lewis I want to bring into the conversation just because boxing is a mixed martial arts. Hey, man, and I looked up judo practitioners. I looked up Olympic wrestlers with three gold medals and tried to figure out, is there another guy that I would want in the race here as the heavyweight best mixed martial artist of all time? And there's really not. So I don't know. That four spots up for grabs, but it's Hoist Gracie. Muhammad Ali, Fedor, and uh, the mystery man. Interesting. Who's next? <laughs> Joe? 
Well, I hated every minute of that. Uh, <laughs> but this is why I say to Jace all the time when you do these lists, the more open-ended they are, the more likely this is to happen. And, well, here we are. And that's fine. Uh, because I do have Fedor, obviously, at number one on my list. Uh, the 28 consecutive wins. Come on. That's yeah. that's a little insane. Uh, I do like where I, I do like the direction in which you took the assignment, Jared. Just so we're clear, yeah. I just wasn't prepared for it, and I didn't read into it like I wished I had now, because I think I could have come up with some good answers. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, number two on my list is uh, the guy that ended the streak, Fabrizio Verdum. Uh, this guy was great. Uh, racked up quite a few wins. Uh, just he just. Uh, uh, tapped Alexander Gustafsson out <laughs> last March. Yeah. He's still doing his thing, and he's, he's beating the young bucks at this point. How could you not love that? Uh, Antonio Minotaro Nogueira. Love this guy. One of only three men to have held championships in Pride and UFC. So that's why he certainly had to make my list. Uh, big, big wins over Randy Couture, Tip Sylvia, Dan Henderson, uh, Krokop, Mark Coleman. Uh, and then went on to become a great trainer. So I, I gave him that. And then to me, the guy doing it right now, and this is, uh, to me, the worst part of MMA at times, and especially uh, for the UFC, where how many times can we say that the current guy is the greatest one of all time? Uh, there's at least three, as far as I'm concerned, uh, where the current champion is the greatest one of all time in that no, respective no division. Um. Actually, no. Funny you should say that. I was thinking John Jones in the lightweight division and Khabib, but you could say Khabib's retired, but until I know he's retired, he's the greatest one I've ever seen. So there's three. You want to throw Nunez in? There's four. I think that's one of the things. I, you know, look, if you go look at the history of baseball, right? When you talk about the history of baseball, you're talking about Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig. Most of those guys, most of those guys were like 1915 to like 1930. You're not talking about the guys from 1900. UFC's like in the Babe Ruth era, if you're looking at the history of the sport right now. And so you're going to have guys that are like Khabib that'll be legends forever, especially if Khabib never fights again. I doubt he's, I doubt that certainly think it's going to happen, but. He'd be the greatest of all time. That would be the guy that they'd be talking about for the next 100, 200 years, assuming we can last that long. Um, so that's where the sport's at. But Stipe, most title defenses, you know, with sadly three. Uh, but that's been the, that's been how the heavyweight division's gone. Well, and you look at it, we can't we can't replicate uh, stuff for back in the day for these guys any more than we can give guys from back in the day this stuff. So... Whenever you talk about the greatest, you know, if you're actually talking about matching up that person from the past against this person from the present, all things included, we break eight records every year at the Olympics. Like you'd like to say, say what Jim Thorpe would have had done if he had a, a chambers to sleep in and shoes to run in. But that guy broke six school records with, with, uh, football pads on and cleats on a track because he was playing in the football game where he scored four touchdowns, you know? So it's fun yep. to say what an athlete like that would have done in today's world, but he was, you know, 
if he didn't have shoes, he didn't have shoes, and that's how he ran. And if he's running against somebody with all those advantages, they're going to win. It's why when we did that draft, whenever I got the third pick, whenever I start running behind, whenever I don't really see what I'm looking for out there, I took the champion because I can always make an argument for the current champion because when the Olympics come around, we're going to break 82% of the records are going to fall because we will have gotten a little bit better than we were four years ago. That's just progression and evolution and and the shoulders of John. We are but dwarves on the shoulders of giants. All right. I just got a text from somebody who's a little confused. No, we're not saying that uh, John Jones or Khabib or Nunez is on MMA's heavyweight uh, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> that's no one said that. Uh, and if that's how you took any of this, no, uh, no, no this, it's because this... you were getting ready to say Stipe. Yeah, I because I was saying Stipe as as my fourth guy, and then my whole point was, I think again for for uh, MMA or especially with, with the uh, UCF, I think that you still have. Why do we keep calling it the UCF? Am I thinking of the college football team for some reason? We we're excited the for their time, game against Cincy the today. Third time I think it's I've said that today. Um, but when you have so many of your current champions where you're like, well, he's at least one of the top two or three all time in that division. You know what I mean? And I, and I still think that's sort of where you are. That's why you're to me again, very least. And that's probably my fourth. That's who I default to because you're at least safe making the argument. Yeah. Uh, For now. Right. All right. I'll, I'll hit you guys with mine. I, Went like we we did the greatest uh, the UFC is going to be greatest. all wrestlers. CM no, Hall. no, it's not. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, The Rock. Oh, <laughs> uh, but Kurt uh, Angle, Triple H, done. The way I thought of it, the greatest heavyweight of all time, Fedor. Yep, and then the greatest striker in the heavyweight division. Stipe with his boxing. Then the greatest wrestler in the heavyweight division, my all-time favorite UFC fighter, Kane Velasquez. I Funny, Velasquez is just off my list, and I left him because uh, I said, Jace will have him on his list, guaranteed. And there it was. I knew it. And then last but not least, the greatest jiu-jitsu practitioner practitioner in MMA heavyweight division Fabricio Verdum. But I, I like the way you took it, Jared, because just you talking makes me think of like Mark Hunt, Alistair Overeem in kickboxing, mm. all the accolades they have there. Oh, Chug Lee. Yes. K one, like he dominated for a long time. You're talking about, you know, ah, uh, he might have been light heavy though. But that's I started looking for who's the baddest big dude fighter ever because that was mixed martial arts. You know, is all of those wrestling, boxing. You know, regardless of what uh what um organization they fought under or what uh particular art they were a practitioner of when you say the greatest miss martial arts heavyweights, I just think of who were the baddest biggest dudes. And I want Hoist on that list because that those were his opponents. 
Makes sense. I, I was literally just watching last night because I'm a loser. I was watching the original uh, UFC tournament where he faced a kickboxer. You guys remember that? The sumo? The, the, the coolest the French... guys I know have done that, Joe. All oh, of good. the coolest people I know have done that. So that That's what I was doing last night, dude. Watching, <laughs> watching Hoist and Shamrock going at it. It was great, man. It was, uh, it, it, it's great stuff. And, and, and it's funny because in the video, I literally talked about the idea. I guess uh, the other brother was supposed to go, the bigger one. And uh, the father was like, no, 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 no. Let's send the... Let's send this little puny little, uh, you know, the uh, the weak one of the group. The Hoist, you're going. He's like, all right. Yes. Yeah. I want to send like a small said, guy to show you that this, yeah, this, works, this works with anybody against anybody. Check it out. That was great. Jiu-Jitsu is the greatest mixed martial arts of all time. And, and they... So they went to find the best at each one and landed at the Gracie gym. And yeah, dad brought him in and said, hey, the little runt of the group, not any of the guys that, you know, are expected to go over there and smash everything. But I'm going to send you my smallest. Uh, the uh, He had something too. Uh, dad developed it. Um. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu was actually developed. Now, Dad had a lot of brothers, too. One of them had, like, seven brothers. The other one had, like, 11 brothers. I think the dad had 11. So the dad's got 11 brothers. He's the smallest of. He's got sickle cell or something. Don't, don't quote me on any of this. But he's got something where he's not growing as fast as the rest of the boys and figures out they're fighting all the time that if I can isolate an arm, isolate the neck, isolate the leg, the ankle, the foot, if I can make different holds and then isolate a limb, I you know, I win the fight if you give up. And they developed tapping and that was that was actually Hoyce's father. Yeah, so when they came to him, he was like, well, this thing I do and this thing I built is so good that my runt will beat all the best fighters on the planet. And that is exactly what happened over and over and over again till UFC 5. <laughs> When they went away. Thank you for thinking of the word runt when I said the weakest one. I certainly did not mean to suggest Toys Crazy. I, I couldn't think of the word runt in my head. Like, I'm like, oh my God, what's that word? The weakest one. Oh no, that's not. I really didn't mean it like that. Like the runt of the litter. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. All right. That was fun. Now let's get in to tonight's fights. UFC. 255 where the featherweights are on full display let's start off with the co-main event women's featherweight champ valentina shevchenko takes on the number third ranked contender jennifer maya prediction jared uh this is uh shevchenko all day all day i don't think it's close i think maya gets beat up in this fight um, I will be surprised if it lasts a round. If this lasts more than a round, it, it's because the fight has been made boring by Jennifer Maya. That's my prediction. I don't think it lasts a round if she can make it a really boring clinch fest, uh, rolling around on the ground, you know, doing all that stuff that we as fans don't like to see. You know, the art of boxing is a little more fun to watch when Katie Daylor does it than the art of wrestling is in, in the Olympic Games. 
Name three uh, Olympic wrestlers from 2016. Go. See, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not fun to watch, and nobody does because it's not fun to watch. So unless Jennifer Maya can make it one of those, uh, snooze fest. Um, what's his name? Michael Venom Page just ended up in the in the octagon with somebody like that. That was just going to turn yep. it into a really boring fight. If Maya can do that, maybe she can be competitive at times, but. I'll be surprised if it's exciting. Doesn't last around. I'll tell you why it definitely won't be. Um, <laughs> because Shevchenko is uh, possibly the most well-rounded fighter in the sport, male or female. Uh, make no mistake about that. I've been watching an obscene amount of videos on Valentina, including where she and her sister are just doing choreographed dance. That's how into it I've gotten. She's Doesn't amazing. Shevchenko sound like a dance. It does. It does. You, I mean, you've seen her little dances in the ring. I mean, I, I think that is the Shevchenko, the and I love it. She's also, I don't know if you guys know this, she's a weapons expert. Yeah. There was rumors oh, okay. she was a Russian asset, like that we should keep her eye on, on, on Shevchenko, and I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it on behalf of Department of Homeland Security. I've got my eye on this girl, and I'm going to keep it uh, on does her. Does she have contacts with Hillary? Uh, I think so. <laughs> um, oh. She does everything i look for We're when i'm gonna be doing a fighter dude i mean here here's what i'm thinking right valentine is in a league of her own uh there's there's not much else out there in the flyweight division that's why this is the matchup we're getting the only losses she's had are uh to amanda nunez uh one could argue very uh, convincingly that she'd probably won the rematch. Nunez really wanted no part of Shevchenko. And, and I mean, how often is it that you say Amanda Nunez uh, didn't want to bring the fight to somebody? She knew what she was getting into. Just the way Shevchenko uses that kick to close and keep distance, I, I mean, it makes everyone else, she, she's fought some really good fighters. She makes everybody look bad. Because to me, what would work against a top female fighter doesn't work when you're at the Shevchenko level. And again, I think this is another one of those times where we're talking about somebody who's like maybe the best ever, you know, or at least up until this point, the most well-rounded woman in, in, in the history of the sport. Safe to make the argument. And I'll tell you what, it, it, uh, watching, I watched the uh, 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 Maya's last fight, and uh, she put uh, Joanna Calderwood in an armbar. That's how she submitted her. But if you actually watch the fight, she put her in an armbar and lost the hold three times before she locked it in. Shevchenko would have choked you to death before you got to that third. <laughs> There's no way you're getting away with that. The other thing about Maya is if you watch any of her fights, she I mean, she's she's a good fighter, but she likes to walk in and not move her head much. Uh, I'm telling you right now, if Shevchenko doesn't drop her out cold, I would be shocked. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I was saying. Early knockout or really boring. I've those got. Are the, are I, two, I, I wrote down TKO in the second round. I think she'll. I think she'll have pull if she hasn't knocked her out in the first round. I think the second round starts, and within about thirty seconds of round two, it, it's we're done. 
Well, yeah, and there's home. a few people saying at the beginning of the second round, oh, somebody ought to stop this. You know, you're you're yeah. kind of you're feeling funny yeah. between the first and yeah. second round. This isn't yeah, oh by the that. way, uh I don't know if you guys saw the spinning wheel kick that Shevchenko dropped. The the beauty of the kick, if anybody, if you don't know what I'm talking about, please Google this thing. It was one of the greatest kicks I've ever seen. She didn't hit her with the heel. She hit her with the with the because I don't know if you guys know this too. Shevchenko never uh is never on her on her on her heels. She's always bouncing on her toes. Her heels never touch the ground. It's incredible. Okay. Spinning wheel kick. And it was like her foot just slapped her across the face. It was one of the most most disgusting <laughs> sounds I've ever heard in my life. Just a foot slapping straight flesh. And then she went and finished pulverizing her a couple minutes later. I mean, this this is like two different. This is like two different. Like, this doesn't even seem fair to me. I'll be honest. No, and it speaks yeah, yeah. volumes that she's the number three contender in the division. Well, and that's it. That's it. You start to see these, and you know how what what kind of level Shevchenko's on, and you say, okay, well, how good is is Jennifer Maya? And then you look at the rest of the girls out there and say. Yeah, this is this. She deserves her shot. You know, good luck. Miriam Gutierrez deserved a shot, too. Yeah, the, the gap between everyone is just astronomical when it comes to Valentina. The only way she got losses was fighting out of her weight class up a weight. Now she's in her actual weight class, just demolishing people. So, yeah, th this is going to be quick, uh, quick and yeah, quick, simple. E even if Jennifer Maya does try to go the boring route and try to just lay on her, uh, Valentina's that good on the ground. She'll, she'll, she won't let that happen. So this will be over and over quick by Valentina Shevchenko. By the way, the spinning wheel kick I mentioned was against uh, Caitlin Kukugan. Mm, so yeah. if you want to, I'm good telling fighter. you, good yeah, fighter in her own right. Tell you what, if you haven't seen that fight or at least a wheel kick, check it out just for that because it was, whoa, amazing. Oh, yeah. Speaking of go back and check it out, did you guys see the uh, Jadon Codrington? That's a that's a Connecticut kid too. The broken neck I sent to you, Alan Green. Yeah. He will realize that he has been living in a false reality <laughs> and be in a whole world of hurt when he ends up in the ring with Alan Green. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's now, from the co-main event, let's talk about the main event. Flyweight, flyweight champion Davidson Figueroa, Figueredo. My bad. Faces off against number four ranked Alex Perez. Jared, you picked Figueroa in your draft. Can can we just loop everything we said for the last five minutes and play it back? <laughs> Because this is the same thing. It's like it. It speaks to how good I think Figueroa is that he's facing the number four guy, and I'm going, uh, upper echelon. Yeah, maybe. But is he going to put it? It's 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 the same fight. If it makes it two rounds, it's because it's boring, or you're going, oh, somebody should step in and stop this. I don't. It looks like a mismatch to me on paper, and to have him number one and number four. And uh, the ranking system in the UFC is, unlike boxing, is pretty legit. So, yeah, yeah, I think the champs hold form here. Bear with me on this one for a second, okay? This is the first card that's headlined by flyweight since Demetrius Johnson versus uh, 
Benavidez in 2013. Okay. Yeah. Um, Now, interestingly, Figueredo uh, split Jusir Formiga's head wide open in the only loss he suffered in his career. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. He was uh, up 30-27, 29-28, 29-28. He lost this fight by decision, despite the fact he was beating Formiga's brains in all fight. You know what? You know what did it? Takedowns. Formiga took him down at will all fight long. It was insane. And you get the you get the right judges out there. That's a win for Formiga. Now, uh Benavidez, the number one flyweight in UFC. Figueroa beat him twice this year, February and in July. Benavidez uh beat Formiga. See how this goes? He's also beaten Alex Perez. Here we go again. Benavidez, great fighter, but lost twice to Demetrius Johnson, lost twice to Dominic Cruz, and twice to Figueroa. Joe never wins the big one. That's that's rough. Now, I know Alex Perez ranked fourth, 24-5, and five, 12 decisions, seven submissions, five KOs. He's a wrestler, brilliant jiu-jitsu. He boxes. Um, his only loss in the UFC since he's been in the UFC was by Benavidez. His past three fights, uh, a decision, a submission, and a TKO of Jasir Formiga. See it again? He beat him with vicious leg kicks because he wanted to stop the takedowns. The, the same takedowns Figueroa couldn't stop. This is Figueroa's first title defense. I don't know. I think Perez has the weapons to keep the God of War off his aggressive style. He can control the fight like like uh, like Formiga did. I think Alex can submit him on the ground. He can get back up and knock him out. This is a tough fight. This is a tough fight. Uh, Jared Brooks, who was a, a high school wrestler, he's the, the world's best strawweight. Uh, when he got Figueroa, he lost the fight, but he tossed him around the ring like a, like a rag doll all night. So... I know you look at this and it's like, oh, Figueroa's a great fighter, and he is. He's a sh- great striker. Alex Alex Perez might be the wrong fight for him, Jared. That's what I'm saying. I think this might be the wrong guy for him unless, right. unless, as you say, and we'll see early, if he just completely outclasses Perez. But I suspect an upset. Oh, yeah. I- I'm okay. with Joe here. I'm, I'm with take Joe Perez. Here. I love, yeah. listen, I don't, and, and uh, I, I, sometimes I say these things and be like, you don't like Figueroa. No, I do. I, I think he's fantastic, but I just, to me, this is one of those where, like, I do all the math. He beat him. He beat him. Ooh, I don't like this. I don't like this one for him at all. Yeah. Uh, I'm with Joe here. I, I, I like Figueroa. Yeah, I think he's good, but the, the way you're talking, Jared, he sounds like Mighty Mouse. He's not, he's not that good. He 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 that definitely has some flaws, and I I think Alexander Perez. I, I I'm not gonna go as far out on a limb as Joe and say Alexander Perez is gonna pull off the upset, but I, I think he will keep it very very close and it will be tough. I I think the flyweight division is pretty tough. And I think right. we might be seeing some back and forth here. Joe, you just reminded me something. Now, now I bared with you. You have to bear with me too. Okay, you ready? Absolutely. You know you know Matt uh, Matt Bassett. Have mm-hmm. you guys heard of Matt Bassett? Yep. He's a, a lightweight 
MMA practitioner, was in the UFC once, twice, a local kid, right? So this is from his Facebook, so it must be real. Now, uh, uh, Matt Bissett beat Diego Nunes who, Nunes, who beat Mike Brown, who beat Uriah Faber, who beat Dominic Cruz, who beat TJ Dillasaw, who beat Asuncio, who beat Joe Lozon, who beat Diego Sanchez, who beat Josh Koshtek, who beat Anthony Johnson, who beat Andre Orlovsky, who beat Stefan Struve, who beat Stipe Miocic. So... Nailed it! He beat Stipe! In other words, <laughs> current UFC heavyweight champion and greatest fighter of all time, Matt Bissett, lives right here in CT. Trains yeah, locally. Bissett! My man's in there. He's on my hey, Rushmore. Listen, He's on my, my Rushmore listen. of badass name droppers. That's great. Yeah, I man, love I'm that. Um, yeah, so you can draw whatever conclusions you want. I'm not uh I'm not I'm not with you guys. I think this is a dominant performance. It gets outclassed. I think both of the champions outclass the opposition tonight. See, here's the thing. If you watch Figueroa on takedowns, he likes to try to throw you in the guillotine, the guillotine. Uh, what happens with wrestlers who are good is they lift you and bury you into the ground and you tend to lose the hold on the guillotine. And against uh, uh, Formiga, that's what happened. And so, again, that's why I say, if, if as I'm watching Alex Perez fight, the the way the way Figueroa uh, uh, the way I'm telling you the way he the way he defenses against takedowns is bad. Well, it can be good against the right guy against a really skilled guy. I I, I just think it's going to become a problem. Hopefully, he can just knock him out early, and and that might be your best bet, Jared. Uh, but I I think the longer this fight goes, the worse off your guy's going to be here. How many fights is the Alex Perez reign if he if he wins? Short, short, <laughs> real short, real short. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think this guy's going to go on a tear. have the potential to win three, four, five in a row here. If he can beat this guy, who I think's just a bad, this is a bad matchup for him, Styles just stylistically. Okay. If he That's gets fair. by this, then he probably can reel off three, four in a row. Maybe goes on. Who knows? I mean, he's it's uh, uh, again. Like Matt I'm not saying he's Steve not a great fighter. This so, is the one that I just. So I, I, I on paper, Jared, I immediately was like, "Oh, this looks like a cakewalk." Started doing some serious research, and the more I was, I was like, "Ah!" It even got to a point. My brother will tell you. We looked at each other, and we were like, "Oh, Perez will give him a fight for sure." And then the more we talked about more Perez fights, we watched. I was like. I'm going to say Perez wins it. And he yeah. looked at me and was like, I'm not going to argue that. And so uh. that's where that's, this was a consensus decision by me and my brother really thinking about this one. I feel good about it, but this will be fun to touch on next week. Boy. I would be thrilled if Figueroa wins. Don't get me wrong. Cause I really like him. I think he's a great fighter. If he can get by this one his, in my eyes, he's up here now. Cause this, yeah. this is, this is the kind of fight where if you asked him, do you want this guy? He'd be like, no. Because I just lost to a guy right. like this. The only yeah, time yeah. I've ever lost, it was this exact kind of guy. So kudos to him if he could pull it off. And I, I really do hope he does. But I'm not feeling it. All right. All right. Now we are going to end the show like we always do. And Jared hit us with that flurry 
when I was struggling with active addiction and alcoholism, um, I remember being parked outside of a package store waiting it for, for it to open. Um, and not the only time I did that. I remember drinking NyQuil and other things to try to supplement when I ran out and package stores were closed. I remember uh, looking for pills when I was actively addicted to opiates, uh, making 100 phone calls to friends of friends of friends of friends trying to get what I was looking for. When I was smoking crack, the people around me would have run into a burning building for a rock. Uh, I've never done heroin, and I don't care to talk about some of the things I've seen people capable of doing when battling that. Active addiction. These lives are effectively nightmares, and I wouldn't wish the struggles on anyone. But if and when we find recovery, we, went, we end up having things that nobody else has. We have an extra gear. We're more aware of what we're capable of as human beings. We understand what it takes and what it means to do everything within our capability to get what we want. <clears throat> and I've seen a lot of people apply that to their lives in recovery. Um, quick story, in uh, 1981, a 14 year old abandoned her one month old son. He was passed back and forth between relatives for a little while. Um, he was beaten and horribly mistreated. I'm going to skip some of the particulars, but at nine years old, he ran away. He was homeless, um, crossed several countries looking for his mom, ate roadkill. Just a homeless child looking for, for his mom. And... Um, Finally finds her, she's with this other guy and, and forces him to uh, prove that that he is who he says he is by a birthmark on him. Um, look up Edison Miranda. This guy went on to win Olympic medals. Uh, 15, he walks into a boxing gym. Uh, several times over, world champion Edison Miranda. Um I looked him up in preparation for this flurry and uh, as of January of last year, he was uh, arrested on some uh, drug charges. So this, this great story that I've had my whole life about that extra gear turned into one of, of relapse and trauma just recently. Um, but the point is all the people in recovery that that I'm waiting now when I work, when I work to to make sales, when I'm doing something for scrub scraps, I'm I'm watching the clock. I'm sitting there waiting a la outside the package door. I'm sober, but I have that gear to to show up early and stay late and do everything that has to be done to keep the things that I have in my life that keep me healthy and sober. And there are so many people around me with that extra gear that when the building starts on fire, they're the people you want standing next to you. The people you want running with you every day because they understand trauma. If you're battling active addiction, or have experienced severe trauma, hang on 
keep fighting. There's hope for the future. And that future full of hope involves a light that most people aren't even capable of seeing. Thank you, guys. Oh, I'm muted. My bad. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Jared, for sharing that. Um, and it, it goes past uh, addiction and it's just mental illness in general, depression, everything. You got to realize that hope. You got to find that light at the end of the tunnel. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. Very powerful. Uh, Jace, I don't, I don't envy you having to end these shows after Jared does this to us. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, it's like, I mean, if you want to cry, it's like now Jace has to do like the whole outro of the show. Uh, how do you even, how do you even transition out of there? I, I was like, oh, muted microphone. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> Figured out the segue. Yeah. Uh, Jared, man, that was, uh, yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, it, it, you know, listen. I, I, I love this and I and I love that we I love that we talk about this stuff and that we you know address that that there is a whole other level to fighting and and to humanity uh and that's the mental part of it and how important that is and and you know I, I don't think you could say it enough to people Jared that there's someone here if you need it there there's help if you need it just ask where it will come get you you know, and that's the way we got to be. This is a country that's so divided right now, and it has a bad drug problem as well. Obviously, fighting a giant disease. I mean, these are the kinds of things that you hope Americans can sort of bond over and sort of come together on. You know, these and are the things. Share. Because it's these things. Reel. These things affect everybody, Jared. The drugs, it's not just black people. It's not just white people. It's not just men or women or old or young. It's everybody. It's rich. It's poor. Everybody, anybody who has to fight this animal, they need help. It doesn't matter who you are, what your resources are. If you don't have the support staff around you, it will never happen. And it's, I, 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 I love that we're, I love that we can dedicate time to this show to literally address these issues and for you to share some, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And so thank you. Yeah. Thank you a lot, Jared. Very powerful. And, we need a people need a platform. You you have yours here, and people need to hear this stuff. And some things are bigger than the ring and fighting, you know. But with all that, thank you guys for watching. A reminder that this is a CMG podcast. Come if you're interested in starting your own podcast, come join Clovercrest Media Group Podcast Network. If not, if you're looking for another podcast to listen to. Make sure you go to clovercrestmedia.com, pick out of the 30 different ones that are there, 
And thank you, Joe and Jared, for joining me today. And we enjoy the fights this weekend, and we hope to see you next time. Peace out. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. 